Guys, people, on today's show, I interview the founder and owner of Pooch Natural Living, Jennifer Moonsion. She started off as a quiet, shy, timid young girl out of Catholic school and turned herself into a God-fearing, dynamic business professional in corporate America and entrepreneur. You're going to hear her story of how she started off wanting to be a police officer and God flipped, turned that thing around like a pancake. Yep, and pizza dough, I guess that's another thing that flips upside down. Right about now, you want to sit back, relax, and enjoy the inspiration. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggled to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire Guys People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. 2022, what up, dude? How y'all feeling out there, man? Y'all feeling good? It's about to be a great show. I'm excited to talk to y'all today. This is like episode 152, which, you know, for my faithful listeners, y'all know this means we are really like. 168 episodes in because we did a bunch of additional episodes along the way. We used to do something called the 0.5 episodes where they were like half the time. And, you know, we've tried a bunch of things with Inspire Guys people. Y'all got to like y'all got to admit that if nothing else, I have tried some things. You know what I'm saying? Tried a bunch of different segments, some that are still around. We just haven't done them in a while. But um, that's how I get through, man. You know, I love innovation. and um. I believe that sometimes you don't know until you try as far as business and, you know, things like that. So today, what do we got on? Oh, something else new that we're doing for 2022 since we're talking about things that we try. I have a goal to get much better at producing video and YouTube content. And so I've been doing some videos, you know what I'm saying? And I feel good about my videos. I'm getting like 20 to 25 views right now on the videos. I think we got 122 subscribers. So we're building this page from scratch. So uh, the YouTube page is Inspire Guys People. So if you search Inspire Guys People on YouTube, hopefully at least once a week, maybe even more, I will, I can talk, start doing some videos to support this content. And, you know, I'm, I'm playing around with different ways to produce the video. So I can't promise exactly what that's going to look like. Only thing I can say is I hope I grow with it. You know what I mean? I hope it's something that we continue to grow with. So share the YouTube page. Um, you know, look, I'm being transparent. It's not something I enjoy doing video. I'm really low key. So I have to like, it's not, I don't know. I'm weird, man. I could be low key and then you could see me in a certain bag and I could be way out there. So I'm not even going to try to play the shy game or whatever, but I don't know. Video makes me kind of shy a little bit. So, you know, I remember when I first started the podcast, it was this thing that I used to do, like finding my voice. Like you have to find your voice when you're talking on, you know, like no one else is in the studio with you and you're talking. It's a little easier with interviews. But um, anyway, you know, I'm trying to find my find my voice as it relates to video, like what, what my vibe is there and like what feels natural to me and the type of content I want to do. So support that, please. Um, look in the description of today's show. 
Um, you should always look in the description of the show, by the way. And that way you can click the links. Like we have a guest today. You can check out her business and Instagram and things like that. You can also listen to my music. You know, the thing is, I have content everywhere. And I have content in Audible where you listen like to your audiobooks. You can listen to this podcast in there. iHeartRadio. I got content in there. Got music, podcasts. Uh, where else? Amazon. We in there. Google. We in there. Um, Spotify. We in there. Just know, wherever you go, we in there. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's what I'm trying to do. That's, that's the thing I'm doing is different in 2022, trying to create video content. And I have some really dope ideas around how to improve that. Uh, right now, we just starting. And I decided, like, you know, I have a music um, YouTube page with a little more subscribers. I think it's like 500 or something. I didn't want to use that. When I start, like, something new in business, I really like to start from scratch. I don't like to mix up, like, people who was really following me for music. Now they're getting, you know, inspirational content and biblical and business talk. So, anyway, I'm being transparent to hopefully help someone out there. You listen to this podcast. We've been doing this for three and a half years. God is blessed. I'm excited because I'm reaching all new countries all the time. So thank you to everybody out there who's listening. Thank you to the active listeners. I threw that out there. I've definitely like seen an increase in uh, kind of the emailing and you know messaging. Um, so I appreciate y'all as well as those who are commenting on the YouTube videos. Shout out, you know what I'm saying? I got a couple of couple of brothers and sisters that's faithful. I see y'all, you know, I told y'all I don't like to shout out names because some people don't like that. So you got to tell me if it's okay to say your name over the air. And sometimes I might, you know, get a little risque and just go ahead and say your name anyway. You know what I'm saying? But I ain't going to do that today. Something telling me not to do it. So I'm, a, you know, I'm going to trust the Lord on that and be quiet. Man, I, you know, I'm not going to do a long drawn out interview, uh, interview intro today because I want to get to the interview. And uh, as I always say, I'm excited about today's guest. I never want to not be excited about a guest. You know what I mean? Like, why would I not want to be excited? Hopefully you get something out of this interview. I believe you will. I enjoyed this conversation. It actually took place um, a day or so ago. And uh, this young lady has some powerful things to say. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this inspiration. And make sure you follow her on Instagram and check out her business and show love. You know what I'm saying? Stop acting funny out there. Some of y'all funny acting. I'm just playing. All the people who listen to this show are beautiful, godly people who love the Lord and do what's best. Let me interview you. Here's what we gon' do. You gon' talk to me and I'm gon' talk to you. Maybe on the phone or possibly in person. Either way it goes, we gon' be talking purpose. God's people, I am so hyped today to interview the, you know, founder and owner of Pooch Natural Living, Jennifer Muncion. Jennifer, how are you today? I am doing so well and, um, you know, not bad for a Monday. Not bad for a Monday. Um, I feel that. Survived it. <laughs> how, how's your new year off? Like, you know, is it off to a good start, you know, so far? Do you do resolutions and stuff like that? Tell me a little bit how you coming into 2022. You know, I, I stopped doing all of that. Um, I... It, it, it's no different. You know what I mean? I think people always look forward to the new year. They're like, you know, new year, new me. But I have to be realistic throughout the year. You know, I've done, you know, setting the goals. And, and then at the end of the year, I get very disappointed because I'm like, man, I didn't meet that. But, you know, it's just um, 
I didn't do that this year. I, I really didn't. I think I, I, I've been doing well so far. What, this is like the second week of the new year. Um, so I can't complain. And, and yeah, I think it's just less stressful. I feel that. I feel that, you know, we have, um, on the show, I actually, two years ago, the new year episode was entitled happy new day. So I kind of have a, um, a mentality or philosophy of, you know, God doesn't even operate in years. Like the calendar changing doesn't do anything for God. Like we get new mercies every day. So I have a happy new day mentality, but I know everybody's different. So I'm actually happy to hear you say what you said. Like, Hey, there's different approaches to all this stuff. As long as you are moving forward and making progress, that's what it's all about. So thanks for sharing that. Jennifer, I want to jump right into maybe a little bit of who the younger Jennifer was. You know, we don't know each other that well, just kind of Instagram, you know, friends and probably didn't even realize we were Instagram friends until last week. So if you could tell us a little bit. Yeah, you know, like tell us a little bit about (laughs) how you grew up or who you were, whatever you want to share about, you know, your background. So the audience can have an understanding of kind of who you were before we jump into who you are today. Sure, sure. So, yes. Yeah, so I um, was born and raised in um, Lawrence, Massachusetts. And, um, you know, I was pretty much the quiet, shy girl. Um, very, you know, um, timid, um, but very comfortable around my family, obviously my family and the friends um, that I was close to. I was never really outspoken. Um, I was always afraid to like, you know, if, if the teacher like wants to pick somebody in class, I will always be like, please don't pick me, please don't pick me, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I was always so scared of that. Um, and thank God I have changed. But, you know, that was me growing up. And, you know, I went to a Catholic school growing up Catholic, um, knowing um, who God is, knowing, um, you know, I guess, you know, who he is, but I didn't have that relationship with God, if that makes sense, as a child. I just knew, like, the more traditional things to do. You know what I mean? Like, attend church, be a good person, and, you know, give back to the community. Um, You know, you get baptized and and do the confirmation and the communion. So it was more traditional for me growing up, and it wasn't until later in life that I was able to experience that personal relationship with God. So, you know, as a child, yes, I was committed. And growing up into high school, I was more, you know, becoming more confident in who I was. Um, I was always school focused, knew that I always wanted to go to college, which I ended up doing. I started at Bay State College and then I transferred here to Florida when I moved to Tampa back in 2002. Um, So I've always been very school driven as well, um, you know, into my adolescent, early adult years. What was like the motivation for your you being like driven around school? Like what drove that? Um, funny, because I just had this conversation with somebody recently. I originally wanted to be a cop. Um, and I went to school for criminal justice, thinking that, you know, I was going to be into law enforcement. And then I said, you know what, I should really be in the FBI, like really need to be in the FBI. Because, um, I used to watch a lot of cops growing up, used to watch a lot, um, America's Most Wanted. So I was into investigation a lot. Um, so what happened was that, yes, I started at Bay State, studied cri- uh, criminal justice. When I transferred into Florida, um, I continued the studies of criminal justice and criminology. 
Um, so what really turned me away into working for the government was um, having a few guest speakers come into our class, um, you know, a um, few FBI agents and CIA agents and telling us, you know, their life story, um, basically their job came first. Yeah. Um, before their family. So I said, you know, I, as much as I love this, this passion, I can't do it. I, there's no way I can put my family second. And in the future, I want to have a family and I cannot put a job before my family. So I knew that was out of the way, but I continued my studies. I got my BA in criminology. Um, I didn't go into law enforcement. And what happened was I went into public service. I was more pulled into working in the community. So my first job was working at a drug rehab program. And then I was there for a couple of years. And then at that moment, I was like, you know what? There has to be more. There has to be more than just this nine to five job. You know, I, I'm becoming stagnant. Yeah. Um, so I said a little prayer in my office as I was very unhappy and kind of miserable. <laughs> and I said, God, you know, if I go into the academy to become a cop, then that's great. Now, if this is not for me, then I will promise you that I will go and get my master's. Um, mind you, by this time, I didn't really have a solid relationship with God. This is just like a prayer that was thrown out there, yeah. you know? Um, and thank God that God knows our hearts because at that moment, um, I was preparing everything for this application to apply for the um, TPD here in Tampa Police. And I was gathering all my documents, gathering my transcripts over there from Massachusetts. Um, and then I was waiting for payday because I, I had to pay some fees. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to pay it on Friday. But in the meantime, what happened is to I was also applying at other jobs. Gotcha. So it wasn't just the academy, but I was like, okay, if I don't get in the academy, then I'm going to start looking somewhere, somewhere else. But I'm also going to be going to back to school to get my master's. So you know, that same week, I think it was like the Thursday before I had to submit the application. A job called me um, wow. and they wanted to interview me. And I and I took that as a sign. I was like, OK, well, law enforcement is not for me. I'm going to go for this interview. And if I get this job, then I'm going back to school and get my master's. And I kid you not, I interviewed, got the job and I started that job and started grad school within the same week. Oh, wow. That's crazy. That's a fast yeah. turnaround. Yeah, you went from like promising God, he looked out for you cuz I I don't know. It's like <laughs> it seemed like it seemed like you you went the way you were supposed to go. I, I get scared promising God. I almost don't promise God nothing. It's just like, you know what? I'm just and That was pretty bold. Yeah. And I was so naive. You know what I mean? Looking I back, I was like, yeah, that was pretty bold of me. Yeah, um, but he looked out though. Absolutely. He did. He did. And that's why I say, you know, thank God he knows our heart. Thank God he knows what's best for us. Because we think we know what we want. Um, and sometimes he doesn't open those doors of opportunities. And I see why. And he took me in a completely different path because after I took that job, I stayed there for 11 years um, working for child welfare. Wow. You know what? Like, and that you, you said a couple, a couple things, like, you know, two things in particular I want to explore a little bit before we um, dig a little bit more into your career. And like the first thing you talked about was, you know, that the FBI agents, the CIA agents came in there and you thought like your mind was like so sold on like, this is what I want to do. And they said, you know, that their job came before their, their, their family and that, 
you know, kind of turned you away. I think that's the the value of kind of like really vetting something, you know, that you say you want to do. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes like we have our heart fixated and our mind fixated on like, I want to do this. I want to do that. But we don't even know if what we want to do is the best thing for us. So I love that you didn't compromise that because um, that's an important part of like business that I think people have to think about, especially these days, because, you know, it's all this like motivation, like grind it out, do this, do more, do more, get more. And sometimes it's like you got to have your like guardrails and limitations. So I I love that. And then I like that you, you know, like it kind of goes into the same thing, like you said, like. Just like God really having our best interest at, at heart and in mind, um, because sometimes we think we know. And I could tell you, you know, I've thought I've known several times, like, you know, this is what's best for me. And it's, and it's not. It's, it's God's time. And so those are kind of important facts and keys. Um, now, as we think about or talk about, like, you know, your 11 years um, in the, was it the childhood, child welfare, welfare system? Yeah, that's what it was. Yes. The child welfare system. Mm -hmm. So like, all right, I see that you've done everything from case manager to counselor, program supervisor. You worked in like some high risk areas of child abuse, neglect, mental health, domestic violence, substance misuse. Can you just talk a little bit about how those 11 years shaped like where you ended up and where you went? beyond there, I would imagine that there's no way that you work on these type of cases and in these type of jobs for 11 years and it doesn't change or teach you something. So can you just talk about like what your experiences and learnings were from those experience from those, um, you know, that profession? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that profession, um, it's, it's rough. And, um, so my coworkers that are still working there, man, I, I, I just, uh, I'm so proud of them because it's not an easy job. It's not cookie cutter. Um, when I used to laugh because when people used to ask me, what do you do for a living? I used to say, I put out fires. Yeah. Um, in the sense of I worked with families that face, as, as you named them, with these real life issues. And I will, and by the way, this was um, in home. So I would go visit them in whatever oh. neighborhood they lived in. Wow. And I will go in their home and sometimes, not sometimes, oftentimes, we're not welcomed in their home. So it was a challenge already to um, to deal with people and their issues. And then on top of that, you know, they, they see this um, case manager or counselor going to their home and they're like, what are you doing here? And, and we're like, well, we're here to help you. They're like, well, my family is fine. So... What was so difficult is um, trying to teach them to unlearn these unhealthy patterns or help them to recognize, you know, what is child abuse, help them to recognize that they do have a mental health um, disorder, that they do have a substance abuse disorder. Um, So a lot of it was just education. It was wow. education. It was um, uh, uh, real talk like, hey, you either do this or the state is going to come and remove your kids. Um, so it wasn't easy, you know, and it's still not easy, but it's rewarding. And I'm glad I did it. I, you know, I, I loved working in the community. I love, you know, meeting the people at the end of the day. You know, I had a lot of clients come up to me and be like, you know what? I didn't like you in the beginning. And then, then at the end, when I'm trying to close out their case, they're like, well, why are you closing it? Why are you leaving? And I was like, oh, now you want to be my friend, huh? Right. 
but you know, like weeks ago, you were kicking me out of your house. Um, That's crazy. So, so it was, it was tough. It was really tough um, seeing cases um, not be successful. Um, you know, people still in addiction, people um, still struggling with their mental health or people not acknowledging that they're victims of domestic violence or even when I had to face the perpetrator that was abusing, um, you know, the, the other spouse, you know, it was, it was hard, um, but it's very, very rewarding. Um, so how that created some sort of um, resilience in me. And it helped me develop more self-awareness. Um, I think sometimes when we're not exposed to different types of people, um, the population, we often are very sheltered into what is safe to us. Um, but when we're exposed into other things, other communities, um, no, it doesn't matter their background. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an awakening in you. Um, and I'm grateful that I was able to do it. I'm grateful for, the, for those that allowed me to even talk about God um, because that was the best moment. I never pushed God into people, but when people started talking about God in the counseling sessions that yeah. I had with them, that was awesome. I, I, I was like, okay, they get it. They know who he is and they're relying on him, um, on, on God, and, and, and they know that God is going to help them. So. So that made the session a little bit more unique. Um, so, so yeah, child welfare, man, it was it was rough, um, but it helped me to understand what's out there in the world. I mean, eleven years, I was um, I can't say I I've seen it all um, because I'm, I'm sure there's more cases out there, um, especially that end up on the news. Um, and I'm like, oh wow, that's that's crazy. Like you think you've heard it all and you've seen yeah. it all, but you really haven't. Um, but yeah, it's tough, but it's not for everybody. Um, and I'm glad that I was able to do it for 11 years. I mean, it's, it's resilience. That's, that's one word that I have about yeah. child welfare and who I am today. You know, I like that you said it created resilience and self-awareness because those are like two very different things, you know, like, you know, resilience is something that obviously benefits you in the long run because you have these experiences and um, self-awareness is a little different because I feel like becoming more self-aware ends up benefiting others or probably makes you even more effective in your work. Because like you said, you know, maybe going into going into different situations that you weren't familiar with prior to. Um, that's a big thing to me, because like, Jennifer, I feel like sometimes in life, like when I look at culture and this is just a quick sidebar. Like I look at culture mm -hmm. and like there's so much that people don't understand about individuals who don't come from the same environment as them. And I feel like, you know, especially in society today, there's like so much pressure to to stay segregated. Right. From whatever, mm -hmm. wherever you're from, you stay where you're at. I stay where I'm at. And so I just love the idea, even through your profession, that you gain that opportunity to, you know, cross the other side of the tracks and like see what that's like, but, but it's mutually beneficial because you're also giving them an opportunity to, to see what someone else is like. And so I think, um, you know, you got them to break through that resistance. It sounds like a lot of times, and I'm sure that was really rewarding because when people are resisting and, and don't want to be bothered with you, that's a tough thing to still bring a good attitude to work. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, no, thank you for sharing that. So now, now let's transition a little bit into like, 
you know, where, where did you go from there, right? So you said you, you put in 11 years there. And I, what I like about your background is like this, there's this balance or this mixture of entrepreneurship and professional, um, not that entrepreneurship isn't professional, but more like, you know, corporate, I guess you could say. Um, mm -hmm. So how are you doing that today? Are you working as an entrepreneur and still in uh, a corporate role or, um, you know, can you tell us just, I guess, a little bit of like, what is, what do the days look like? I, obviously, I know you're an entrepreneur. I'm just curious how you balance that and what your uh, day job looks like today. Yeah, so I started um, ago. Um, I was still working in child welfare. I was a program supervisor. So, you know, I, um, in the beginning, it was very rough. You know, I wanted starting a business from the ground up was um you know it taught me a lesson um that it's not easy work but hey going back to resilience like if you want something so bad you will go for it so i started the business while working in child welfare and then i started to become very overwhelming in the beginning because you know you're i just literally went from working you know a, a day job to not working after hours and working on weekends trying to start this business um which i ended up doing so as the years went by, I started to find that balance and, and it wasn't easy, but I'm glad for those little hardships that we have in life, because if it was easy all the time, everyone would be doing what they want. Yeah. It will, it will come easy. You know what I'm saying? But because of these little hardships, we're able to make adjustments and we're able to reflect, or let's say assess what is working and what is not working. So you know, balancing a day job and balancing my business on the side and trying to come up with all these creative ideas that honestly, it just, it's nonstop. My brain doesn't turn off, <laughs> but that's a whole different story. Right. Um, you know, it has to be, um, you just have to go through it. Honestly, I, you know, I wish I have an answer for everybody and be like, how do you do it? You just have to go through it. It's not cookie cutter. Going back to like child welfare, it's not cookie cutter. Every family had their own issues, and I'm sure that everyone's life is going to look different when they have a business and when they work for corporate America, which is what I'm doing now. Um, so, so you know, it was it was a challenge, but it's gotten a lot better. Um, and I have to thank God now that I have a, a more balance. I, I no longer work for child welfare. I started a new job um, last year. Um, so that job brings me a little bit more peace of mind <laughs> because it's not high risk like it used to with child welfare. It's low stress. Um, so I'm able to come home and not bring that stress um, home. Um, I can come home and honestly just focus on my business. So I, I thank God for that because I needed that um, in my life in order to focus more in my business. I think that's an important point too. Like, just managing stress that that's something, honestly, I've been working on myself, you know, working in corporate America as well. And I think it's easy, you know, every, every job, you know, can have its pressures. I mean, shoot, I used to work at McDonald's as a teenager and that can have pressure. You know, I worked at like mm -hmm. Kmart, which is similar to Walmart. If you don't know about Kmart, but I don't know if they were everywhere, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know. they were here. Okay, cool. Yeah. See, I worked at Kmart and it was like, I remember working at Kmart at the cash register and like around Christmas time, the lines would get so long. And this is before, like, this is like at the beginning 
um, in the early 2000s when they first started, like, introducing, like, U-scans and scan it yourself and stuff, you know, it was more registers open, so more people at the register, and, like, the lines would get long, and it's Christmas time, people complaining. I used to, like, I was young, I'm like, I started sweating, like, oh, man, it's too many people. It's like, <laughs> any job can have pressure, so I think it's important, that's an important, you know, point you made about, like, managing that stress and, and being in a position where you can manage that stress, so that's pretty cool. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the business now? Like, you know, Pooch Natural Living, you know, like where, you know, when did you start it? And like what, you know, tell us a little bit about your dog, which I know is like the inspiration for the business. So can you kind of walk us through that? Um, like the, the birth of the business from that perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so little FYI, I, as a girl, as a little girl, I know we were talking about my upbringing. I never imagined to have a business, by the way. I was never the girl who was like, oh, I'm going to have a business one day. No. Okay. That happened later in life. Okay. Um, so, so my dog has suffered a lot from allergies, environmental and food wise. Um, so I remember I got her when she was 10 weeks old and I lived at that time. I lived at an apartment really close by a mall. It was an out, it's an outdoors mall. It's, um, literally when I say it was down the street, two lights away from my apartment. Got it. So I remember, um, and, and there were new back then they were a new mall. So back then I used to take her to the mall to walk her, you know, a puppy, they have all this energy and they got to learn how to walk on a leash. So I used to take her a lot um, to the mall and she was socialized with all kinds of people. They thought she was like a little walking teddy bear, which <laughs> by the way, she still looks like a teddy bear, but oh, you know, um, I started looking at all these stores and I'm like, you know what? There's a lot of vacancy at these stores at the mall. Cause you know, it, it was new back then. And I was like, it would be pretty nice if I just like opened, you know, a little restaurant for a dog for dogs. And it was just an idea back then. Honestly, yeah. it was just an idea. Um, I was, and I shied away from it because I'm like, you know what? That's just crazy. Like, how am I going to pay, you know, rent for a store? Like, I'm just a girl living in an apartment and working nine to five. Um, but years down the road, and I want to say maybe like four years after that, I started experiencing by then um, a very um, stressful situation with my dog and constant visits to the vet. Um, in regards to her allergies. I mean, it was bad. She was on um, antibiotics, on steroids, because the skin infections got bad. Um, the itching got bad where she just scratched so much and bit into her skin where it was bleeding. Oh, um, so, yeah. So then the ear infections. So, you know, we went through this phase of putting her on medications. We went through this phase of putting her on prescribed um foods um which by the way it's not cheap at all um and we went through this phase of process of elimination with certain foods to find out what was causing all these allergies they went ahead and did an allergy test she tested for 12 different environmental things that she tested positive Man. for which i can't recall all of them but it's a lot yeah. and then i started to um find myself like not finding good treats for her like okay so the food was kind of working and what happens with food is that you have to give it like six to eight weeks to find out if it's going to work for a dog so it was a long process until i found a good quality food but the treats was a problem um I'm going into big 
chain stores, which I will not mention, <laughs> um, but they're very popular out right. there. And I was reading the ingredients. And what I saw is that the pa- the packaging was very attractive. You know, people that buy treats or anything, and even, even you and I, when we buy the food, you know, it's very attractive on the front label. But when I was reading the back label, because remember, I was told I needed to take her off certain um, foods, I was reading the back label and I became very discouraged because there was always that one or two ingredient that she couldn't have, right. you know? So although it said natural, although it said organic on the front label, although it said grain free, there was always that one or two thing that I'm like, ah, gotcha. You're not that natural. Right. Um, so, so then I started making um, the treats at home and I said, you know what, why not start making these treats and selling it? And I, again, became scared. I was like, Jen, I, you know, like Jen starting a business, like, I don't know how to start a business. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to do that. So I shied away from it again. um, So years later, um, I was at church and I remember that I had this, um, I can't even describe it. It was like, um, I, not an urgency, I guess an urgency or like something that really propelled my heart to start something. Because at that point I knew, I knew without a doubt that I was meant to be someone greater than what I had envisioned myself to be. I love it. And I didn't know what that was, but I knew it in my heart. Um, so because I knew it in my heart, and it was like, looking back, I know it was God's green light for me to go ahead, but I was still scared, you know? And I'm like, I've never had a business. It's a crazy idea. How am I going to make treats? I don't even know how to bake. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can cook for you, but I don't know how to bake. Right. Um, so I was talking to someone and they advised me that I start with the treats because I said, listen, I had this idea of starting a store. I want a doggy restaurant someday and I want to make food for the dogs. And they're like, we'll start with treats. I was like, all right, I can do that. You know, I can start small. Um, So that's how it started. I started with, um, and you're probably going to laugh at this, but because I told you I knew nothing, (laughs) I honestly Googled it, how to start a dog treat business. And a book came up. Okay. Mm. A book came up and I bought the book. Okay. Okay. I bought the book. I read it. It gave me the foundation on how to sell the treats, how to market them. Um, you know, the proper way, how to sell pet food, including, um, to sending them to a lab, um, including how to list the ingredients on, you know, the greatest to the least, because I knew nothing. So I knew that I had to start somewhere and that began again with educating myself on how to start this. So I had to do a lot of research again, but it started with something in my heart. Something prompted me and I know it was the Holy Spirit prompted me that I needed to do this because I still feel it till this day that I am called to be greater than what I see right now. You know what, Jennifer, It you would think that you have listened to every episode of this show. This is why I love like just being led to have guests on this show. So, um, you know, there's something I have called the purpose guide. And I put it out on one of the episodes and there are like all these steps um, to like finding your purpose and like, you know, starting a business, whatever it may be, just being guided to your purpose. And the number one thing on the list is to learn and educate. That is like for me, 
again, we never talked about that, but I love that for you. It was like, first it starts with like this relationship with God and like you go through all of this, these experiences through your profession. Right. And you found, you had that moment of like, all right, that urgency from the Holy spirit of like, I'm called to be greater than this. But the very first thing you did, once you knew that, once you knew that you had to act on it was you went and educated yourself. And the reason I love that you said that for like any of the audience listening today, like these interviews and discussions with these amazing people like Jennifer, like you have to be able to grab the process out of it. It's like, it's not just about learning about you, Jennifer, but it's about like you're giving people a real example and a blueprint of like, this is how you start. So that person out there that's feeling like, you know, I don't know where to start or they're creating every excuse. Look, you didn't know how to bake. I always say problems mm -hmm. create opportunities. Your dog was sick. That was all Absolutely. you needed. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it was like, I have a sick dog and I know that I'm called to be greater and I go out here, but you had to do the work. So anyway, sorry to kind of like, um, Paul. No, it's fun. I love it. No, I love it because, you know, the Bible says what the Bible says about faith, you know, with, yeah, if you work. don't do the work. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's the scripture right there. We have to put the work. Um, and then, in the, and then, yes, after you put the work, there's going to be more faith and more work to it. Yes. Um, because I feel that it does, it doesn't stop there. It continues to challenge us when we own a business It continues to teach us and challenge us and create those, um, growth moments and those growth pains. Um, you know, cause growing pains are, 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 is a real, real. thing for people All that don't real. believe it. Like walking by faith. Yes. It's gonna, it's gonna feel uncomfortable. It's gonna, it was very uncomfortable for me. Um, because again, I was so used to that safety net of just going to school, getting a degree, having a career, a stable job, you know what I mean? Um, with benefits. And now as an entrepreneur, thankfully I still have my day job, um, because it, it provides, you know what I mean? I, I pay the bills, but also I can see because I talk to other business owners and I ask them the question, so how did you take that leap? like leaving your day job to dedicate hundred percent to your business. And, um, and one thing they all tell me is that it was scary, but it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That look, it was scary, but it was worth it. You said that about something else earlier, um, today as well. And I, I love that, that whole, like that mantra, that mindset, but I also love that. Like you kind of said it, it's a process. I think some people, what they really want, is they want you to tell them that it's going to happen overnight and all you got to do is start this and everything's going to be perfect. It's like, no, starting your faith is the beginning of your faith. That's that's like the first time you're going to use it, but you're going to need it a lot more, like you said, as you go through the process. So I do want to just say real quickly for anyone listening, um, give them some of your contact info, um, which is also going to be in the description of the show. So if you're listening to this, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it's at, Read the little description of the show and you'll see uh, Jennifer's contact information. You can email bark at poochnaturalliving.com. Also visit their, her website, poochnaturalliving.com. And also the Instagram, at poochnaturalliving. Again, all of those will be kind of in the uh, description of the show, but I just wanted to sneak that in there really quick. So Jennifer, can Thank you talk? You. Yeah, no problem. Can you talk a little bit <laughs> about like, you know, now that you've been in a business, you started in 2017, 
what are some of the successes and things that you are doing today? Like, what are some of the things you've accomplished and learned along the way, you know, being in the business? What, what is that now? Four or five years, almost um, probably yeah. going into year five. Um, you know, share some of your experiences and learnings of like, hey, you tackled and overcame that initial fear to start the business. Um, and now that you're in it, you know, kind of tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So, so, you know, bacon treats is one thing, but actually having the skill to go out there and promote it and, and, um, you know, show people what you're selling, what you can make is a whole different skill. Um, so a year after I started the business, um, I decided to be a vendor. You know, I started to attend markets in the community. At first, again, I was scared. I was like, oh my God, I've never done this before. I was like, how am I going to do this? And by the way, a little background history, I hated retail. Okay, growing up, I had retail jobs. I hated them. Yeah. But I love what I do now. So I, I won't necessarily tell you I'm going to work at like some department store because I would still hate it. But <laughs> I, love, right. I love to sell my treats because you can tell it's my passion. And I get into these conversations with people and I'm like, oh my God, like, Jen, you're actually doing retail. You just don't know it. Yeah. So, you know, and how I realized that is after doing these market events. So at first I was like, oh my gosh, I've never been a vendor before. Like, how am I going to put myself out there? And the first one I did um, was this lady at my job and she came up to me. She was like, hey, my child's, um, you know, school is having a fair you know, and they're looking for vendors, will you be interested? And I was like, oh yeah, sure. And I, again, I stepped out out of my comfort zone and I did it and it felt good. Let me tell you, it felt so good. Um, it was stressful in the beginning because I'm like, oh, so I'm a vendor, but what am I going to need? You know, I'm going to need a tent. I'm going to need a table. I'm going to need flyers. I'm going to need obviously treats. I got to bake so many, like how many? Um, yeah. So it was a challenge. Um, but then after that, you know what? I became very comfortable with it. Um, I remember the first time I did it, my family came through, my friends came through, they supported me. They were giving me so much props and they were like, you acted like a natural, you were out there doing your thing. And I was like, really? I was like, I loved it. <laughs> so I got a little taste of it. And then I just kept doing more. So that was year two. Year two was like, yes, like, I'm actually a vendor. And then after that, I just started creating more flavors. I started to get more creative in the kitchen. Um, again, because I wasn't a baker, but now I felt comfortable creating other flavors. So I created other flavors. Um, and being a vendor, you know, after that, something else that taught me is that we have to knock on doors. Um, you know, I had to reach out to big organizations and be like, Hey, are you looking for vendors? And they're like, yes. And I'm in, you know, so I had to learn to reach out. Um, sometimes oftentimes, you know, we hear a lot of people say, Oh, you know, if it's God's will, he will do it. <laughs> but then again, we have to act on it. We have to knock on those doors. So because I stepped out in faith and not in, and simply asked the question, um, I, they kept me in mind. A lot of people kept me in mind and kept referring me to other organizations so I can be a vendor. And then once you know it, like it was now it's all through like word of mouth, like now I'm being referred to other people that know other people that know other people that have other mm -hmm. businesses. So it's a wonderful thing. So I'm glad that I was able to be 
scared, I guess. And now be very confident that I can do this. It's God's will because he's allowing those doors to open when I knock. And even sometimes when I don't knock, literally opportunities fall on my lap. Um, So that has been going on. In addition to that, just a few months ago, I also um, just started to sell my treats in in a couple of stores. Um, So that was another... Thank you. So that was another thing that I have never done before is actually now um, do business with other businesses. Um, And I am super happy that they believe in my product and they're happy and they want to see me succeed and they support me in that in that way that where they're like, yeah, bring your treats. We we love what you sell and we believe in you. And and yeah, we want to do business with you, of course. So, again, you know, knock it on doors and, and let's see what the rest of the year has to offer. And same thing with the magazine. You know, that's something that landed on my lap. It literally emailed me and was like, hey, we want to know more about your story. We're interested. Are you interested? And I was like, what? Where'd you guys come from? You know what I mean? Right. So, so again, it's um, knocking on doors and then uh, allowing God to also, you know, um, place those opportunities on your lap. But it starts really with us knocking on doors and, and asking and putting yourself out there. So that's what I say. That's what I mean by like, it's just more than bacon treats. It's being the entrepreneur that we're called to be. Yeah. You know what? Like um, you remind me, like I have, have this, this quote and maybe even a, a early episode title for this show is like opportunity doesn't knock. And I always like push back on this idea that, you know, people say opportunity knocks as if, you know, you can just be sitting around doing nothing and, Oh man, here's opportunity at the front door waiting on me. Right. It's like, no opportunity is like maybe at the door, like you said, waiting on you to knock and you have to take mm-hmm. that, that first step. And it's amazing. Like you said, once you start knocking on doors, how God just opens one door and makes connections, right? And I always like think about this as an entrepreneur because exactly what you're describing, that's the same thing this podcast is, right? It's me from editing to, you know, finding interviewers or interviewees and like doing my homework. It's it's like, you know, it's me. Like and, and mm-hmm. it's me knocking on doors and and also being patient and understanding that it takes time. But um, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I always think about like, man, like all the cool people I've met, all the godly people I've met, like, that's what is at risk. If you don't knock on doors and and do whatever God called you to do, it's like all of the stores and people you meet, you know, at, while you're a vendor, like just imagine never overcoming that initial fear to start it. And like all of the things that wouldn't have happened, you know, had you not stepped out on faith. So I think that's, um, you know, just a, a powerful aspect. And I like that you also pointed out like this idea that, Hey, like as an entrepreneur, you have to be willing to be everything. You know, you said yourself, mm-hmm. like you started off as this quiet and shy, timid girl from Massachusetts. And then now you're in Florida and you're knocking on doors and you selling stuff in stores and still balancing your day job. Um, I want to give you the last word, Jennifer. I want you to, um, you know, just share like anything that you would share with anyone listening to this, uh, you know, interview today. And they're still feeling like, man, I'm I'm still scared, though. Like, I hear you, Jennifer, but that's you. You know, like, I, you know, my my dog isn't sick, so I don't have that motivation. You know, what would you say to someone who doesn't just naturally feel the motivation um, and they're kind of stuck in a comfort zone to go out 
and take that leap of faith and knock on that first door? Man, you know, you said something very important and being in the comfort zone. I think, um, I think it's a good time when we're a little bit uncomfortable. Obviously I have experienced it and I've heard people say this, um, that it's good to be in, in the, um, uncomfortable. And if you're too comfortable, then there's something wrong. And I'm sorry to say it, but yeah. not really sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, I'm just, I'm just being as you know bold because, and and hey, and that happens to me. You know, I I get a little bit too comfortable. But what happens with me is that when I get a little bit too comfortable, I become stagnant, and I hate it. Um, I don't, I don't like becoming stuck. Um, I don't like being in neutral, like in this plateau state of mind. I like moving forward. So, you know, if you have it within you, if you have it within your character that you're going to fight the good fight and you're going to push through, then I say surround yourself with people that are going to mentor you. Surround yourself with people that understand not necessarily exactly what you want to do, but your passion because not everybody understood that calling of mine to be an entrepreneur, which is why I didn't say much in the beginning when I was starting. I literally just started and I was like, ta-da, I'm here, look what I'm doing. I didn't have to consult with a lot of people. And I think what happens is that you say a lot of things to the wrong people sometimes and they can discourage you. Mind you, you're already discouraged, but here comes like another like downer and you're like well how am I going to get out of this you know like what like how am I going to start this like I don't even have the motivation well check your surroundings check the people that you're hanging out with you know what I mean um so then it also comes to you at the end of the day you got to put the work into it you know how dedicated are you to do the research um to put the work out there even if it's past you know your bedtime. Um, I remember a couple of times I had to stay up till four o'clock in the morning just for me to be at the office at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, but that's how passionate I was to start this business in the beginning. And I was like, I'm going to give it my all. And I'm still am. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect. I've done it with tears in my eyes. Okay. (laughs) I have stressful days. It's not easy. I keep saying it's not easy, but I'm just trying to be real. I've had stressful days where I'm in the kitchen crying, okay? Just because I'm overwhelmed and I'm having a hard day, but it's not going to stop. I continue to move forward. So just check your surroundings and do a little heart check yourself too and, and ask yourself, like, you know, are you trusting God? Are you trusting God to do what he has called you to do? And make sure that it's of God too. Yeah. I think you went out. Did we lose Jennifer? Yeah. Did I lose you? Are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I lost you. Um, I love I love that last part. Like, you know, make sure it's of God. Like, you really like. I mean, thank you for sharing that. Like, just such a well-rounded perspective on this entire idea of being an entrepreneur. Of like, hey, it's super hard. You can be super scared, but you gotta like overcome that jump into it that's just the beginning of the faith though like so once you start you gotta kind of keep having faith you gotta understand if it was easy everyone would do it you gotta be willing to knock on doors and be everything and guess what you gotta be out of that comfort zone 
and embrace the uncomfort because if you're too comfortable, you could be stagnant, and that's not good. And guess what? Sometimes you do it with tears in your eyes, so you're not perfect. I just love, like, the well-rounded nature of that and then really ending it off with, like, hey, let's make sure that whatever you're sacrificing and doing is of God because I do think, like, and we talk about some of those things on this show, like, you know, people can have their selfish ambitions, and that's really different than your God-given calling and purpose. What we're talking Mm -hmm. about today is, like, this is, like, the urgency, the Holy Spirit um, brought about this urgency, and there's a lot of purpose and substance behind what you're doing. So I love that. Jennifer, I'm going to let you go, but look, don't be a stranger to the show or to me. Reach out whenever you need to. Um, And I'm excited um, to share this with God's people um, and just many blessings on your continued endeavors as you grow. Thank you. Maybe one day um, I'm just throwing it out there now because I do have plans um, now in 2022 at some time. I'm going to bring my podcast to the visual side of it so we may have to do a follow-up at some point later this year or something i'll reach out to you see if you're oh, open absolutely to, yeah. i would love that yeah yeah jump yeah, on the video and, and continuing this conversation and maybe even going into some other corners that we didn't go into but thank you oh, so yeah, much for i love time. it i love it and thank you for having me too thank you for this opportunity and you're one of those people that reached out and i was totally um caught off guard by it but hey you know here we are and we're making it happen. Look, Thank you. And it's all because you knocked on doors. I saw some, you know, I saw the magazine article. You said something I'm going to tell the people because I already told you, like, what you said in that article that made me reach out um, in that interview. You said, my faith in God has played a major role in my personal life and business. And I'm like, man, this show is about faith and business. She said God has played this amazing part. And obviously, I read through the entire interview and liked what you were doing with your business. So I just appreciate you responding and you know um having this dialogue so many blessings to you your family and is the dog's name munchie yes that's her name and munchie <laughs> so thanks a lot all right thank you thank right. you see you all right Bye. 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 brand new wondering what we could do just to be productive you won't catch me catching pikachu too busy too witty won't see a crew with me but i keep it a hundred like 250s that's kind of hard these days because everything you say they feeling some kind of way i'm like what's the way to heaven they like some kind of way i'm like day monday this is some kind of day so to work i go 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 new place new mercy can i get some new day new journey can i get some new job new money can i Feeling brand new, new grace, new mercy. Can I get some new day, new journey? Can I get some new job, new money? Can I get some? I woke up feeling brand new, new grace, new mercy. Man, I need some. Not your average artist, and I never wanna be.